series? Uh, okay, we had a great time with CORE. Love that. You got to hear a little bit about our heart, uh, a little bit about what we're convicted over as a body of believers here in Morgantown, West Virginia with the Foundry Church. Loved it. Um, quite a while back, um, as I was just reading through Scripture, I noticed something that was pretty cool, how Jesus liked to ask questions. Anybody ever noticed that? Anybody ever notice that when you read through Scripture, how Jesus liked to ask a lot of questions? And it was funny because I'm like, you know what would be a fun series sometime? What if we did a series called Q&A? And it's the questions that Jesus would ask, but the answers that the people would give. Okay, and that's what's so important for us to, to kind of focus on over some, some weeks coming ahead is looking at some key questions that Jesus asked, okay, and how he was prompting people to respond to them. Okay, let me ask you this. How many of you guys were, were, that, were that kid that asked a lot of questions growing up? Join in with me because I was one of those kids. Okay, how many of you were chastised for asking too many questions? I'm still that kid here, okay? All right, it, it is something that's that, about you that says you are curious to figure out new things. And Jesus was on to something here when he was asking people questions because he wanted them to figure out some new things. Because he came to create something completely new. He came to create the way, right? He came to create this, this thing called the church, these people called the church. And how he did this was so unique in that he would ask questions and solicit a response from people, all right? And I think that's so important. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we see this really how, how even in his, his first recorded words, his first recorded words in the gospel according to Luke, as Mary and Joseph lost track of their 12-year-old son in the temple. What was their 12-year-old son name? Jesus, okay? Jesus was up in the temple, all right? His parents were frantically looking for him. Have you seen my son? Anybody ever lost a child in a store? Anybody know what that's like? Have you ever been that child that you did? <laughs> that's really funny. Have you seen my mother? Yeah. I'm not your mother. Snort. Okay. Kid's book. Um, but they're looking, frantically looking for their child. And where's Jesus at? He's hanging out with the teachers. He's hanging out with the teachers. From the very beginning, he was an inquisitive kid. He was curious. And his parents were like, what are you doing? Can't lose our child. They'll take you away from us. I was never yours anyways. You kind of thing, okay? But they found him sitting among the teachers, listening to them. And get this, putting questions to them. He was always that kid, that person that was asking questions. Right? When we fast forward to the end of Jesus' life, we see him utter the words from the cross, right? My, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It ends with a question mark. A lot of times we don't realize what Jesus was saying, a lot of times ended with a question mark because he was asking questions of people. Out, he, he asked, I don't know if you realize this, but 307 questions. Did you know that? 307 questions in Scripture. All right, And this guy had a lot of them that he wanted everybody to help figure out. 183 of them, right? In contrast, Jesus was only asked 183, right? And he only answered three of those 183. I think that's something to talk about, isn't it? I think that's something to think about for a moment. That Jesus, right, asked a lot of questions. And I like that. So... We're going to get into this a little bit today. We're going, to, we're going to develop this and break it apart and look at what this looks like. Does that sound fun to you guys? 
I think it's fun. I like it. I think it's fun. And, and what we're going to do is we're going to be looking in the book of John. I think that's very important, too, because we look at John. This guy was known to be someone that loved, 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 right? Loved some people, all right? And this was John that loved, loved, loved Jesus, right? And he loved, loved, loved the questions that he asked, and he put them in there so that we could see him today. Does that sound good? Okay, so we're going to set up a little bit, though, with this, this book of John, because we also see that other guy, John the Baptist, okay? So we got John the Apostle, the disciple, but we got John the Baptist. And we see as this is setting up in the chapter of John, we see that, that even John himself is being asked a question, who are you? And he's being asked this question about himself because these guys are wondering, what are you here to do? Why are you doing all these kinds of baptisms? Why are you doing all of this stuff? And quickly, John is this guy that says, I am here. I'm the voice in the desert crying out. I am the one that's making the way for the one that's going to ask you some really good questions that you really have to listen to. He says, it's not, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not Christ. I'm John. All right? So we see this, all right, and John... Um, uh, chapter 1, we, we go forward to about verse 35 is where we're going to start, all right? The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. Remember, John the Baptist here with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. He was always pointing to Christ. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. We'll get into this more later, but I think that's very important. When they heard John say this, they jumped ship right away from John the Baptist and started following Jesus. You may have heard us talk about that before. Turning around, Jesus saw them, right, following and asked, what do you want? A question, and we're going we're gonna to rephrase that in a way that's going to make sense later. But Jesus turns around, he's like, what do you want? Have you ever had somebody follow you somewhere or you just kind of felt that someone was following you? You kept looking behind you and you're like, I just feel really weird right now. It feels like somebody's following me. And lo and behold, they're following you and you're like, uh, can I help you? Can I help you with something? You're a little too close right now. They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Day two, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard that John had, what John had said and who had followed Jesus. He was one of the two, okay, those two disciples. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother, Simon. Say Simon. Doesn't it sound better? Like when you're, yeah, Simon. Okay. His brother, Simon, right? And tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated as Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. You see, this is starting to unfold as these disciples are starting to get close to Jesus here. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathaniel. Isn't this fun? You see this starting to get like this team's gets like pickup softball, right? Hey, you want to play ball today? It's going to be great. And then they found him. And then they found him. And then they found him, okay? Philip found Nathaniel and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. I love Nathaniel's response. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? So sweet. Nathaniel asked, Come and see. Said Philip, when Jesus saw Nathanael approach and he said to him, He truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. 
How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, remember that's teacher, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, he says, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open up and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. A story that has a question in there that I think is so important for us to ask ourselves today. So important for us to start this whole series off with. This question, I think, is so important because I think it's an acid question that boils down to the base of who we are. And that question is, what are you looking for? This translation, the NIV, said, what do you want? But you see other translation, and you see the heart of this matter is, what are you looking for? Doesn't it take you back to the old U2 song? Anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Sam, did you just nod your head no, as in don't do it? Is that a don't do it? Because I still haven't found. See, we are all on a journey. You guys are on a journey to go back to some good music, okay? None of this stuff that's happening now, that's not real music. Yes, I'm getting old. Okay. However, we are all looking for something. We're all looking for fulfillment. We're all looking for joy. We're all looking for destiny. We're all looking for a calling. It does not matter your age, your shoe size, or how you do your hair. Everybody is looking to be something. And Jesus asked these disciples in this moment, what are you looking for? What what do you want? What do you want out of this thing? And this was a question that I think struck to the nerve of these disciples and I think does the same to us today because it makes us have to give an answer. So what's really cool about Scripture and what Jesus you know, made happen in this moment is he gave us some answers to what these guys were looking for by their responses. And we're going to go through those today and then we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to that question. So when we say, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? The number one thing we see in the book of John, John's speaking here, and from the words of Christ as he wrote those down, for someone who will really love you, like really, really love you, like know everything about you and still love you, right? Someone that knows all of the little idiosyncrasies of your life and all the little ticks and all the little crazy things that you do, and yet they still love you. Someone who can know the whole past of your life, the present, right, and is willing to walk with you into the future. Someone to really love you. This is basic. This is human nature. And we see this defined here, John 35 through 36. The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, right? And he looked looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. You're like, how in the world do you get real love out of this? See, John the Baptist was preparing the way for Christ. 
And John the Baptist really loved God, and he really loved Jesus. And he believed that Jesus was and turned out to be, as we know with the resurrection, the resurrected Christ, the Messiah. And see, John was so secure in himself that he knew that his role in all of this was to point. All he was supposed to do was to point to the one who was to come, named Jesus. So he loved his disciples, his followers, so much that did ministry with them, those guys that were eager to learn about the Messiah, learn about the coming Christ and all this, that as soon as it was his time, John says, I love the Lord so much, and I love you guys so much, you need to leave now. That's hard, isn't it? You know, I have some folks that help make this church pretty amazing. A lot of great leaders and a lot of great help to make this church pretty amazing. But one of the things I always have to do, and it's all of you guys, is to hold you like this, not like this. Because when you hold somebody tight, what does that do? It strangles them out and it, it, it quenches their potential and it doesn't give them an opportunity to be what God's called them to be. I love God more than that. I love what Jesus did more than that. I love his Holy Spirit living within me enough to say, when it's time, go. John knew that. John felt that. He understood that as a reality. He loved the Lord so much and he loved these disciples in such a way that he said, you know what, guys? It's time to go. Look, there's the Lamb of God. Like he said earlier, the one who takes away the sin of the world. You need to hitch your cart to him because his love for you is even greater than mine. Because he's going to do something, this Lamb of God thing, this sacrificial lamb, the language he's using, he's going to do something that's going to revolutionize your life, but the world in which we know. What are you looking for? For someone to really love you. Guys, listen to me. We are looking to be loved by Christ. We are looking to be loved by Christ. We try to fill it with relationships. We try to fill it with possessions. We try to fill it with jobs. We try to fill it with all kinds of things. But what you're really looking for is someone who will really love you with the self-sacrificial love, the only one who has ever died for you. You're looking for the real love of Jesus Christ. I love that. I tell you what, if, if Jesus was literally here in the flesh today, he would work for Apple. Any droid users mad right now? Why do I say that? Isn't it funny how a new uh, product comes out? A new product comes out, Drew. And, and what happens to your product that you currently have that's an Apple device? This is a piece of crap. I, this here, this is insufficient. There is no way I can talk on this. It doesn't work anymore. It's just, it, what's wrong with this camera? There's two of them, but it's still not enough. It doesn't do enough for me. It's not enough. It's funny how Apple's really good at telling you what you want. If Jesus was here today and he had a conversation with you, he'd say, listen, listen, yeah, I'll tell you what you really need. You need to let me love you. I'm going to tell you what you really want. You want me. You don't want this. You don't even want this. You want this. It's what we really want. It's what we really need. Second question, what are you looking for? For someone who will educate you. I love that term. I like to use that when I speak with people. I'm like, educate me. Because he was saying, teacher, rabbi. I'm always looking to learn more, right? That's why I ask the questions. Are you guys with me? Are you question people, right? The ones who ask all the questions because you're inquisitive. You're curious. 
And he's saying to them here, he's like, hey, listen, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, what are you seeking? He said, Rabbi, what are you seeking? They said, teacher, what are you seeking? I need someone that will show me what really matters according to this thing here, this world that I live in, because everything seems so convoluted and so different. Rabbi means master and teacher. A teacher scholar was recognized, listen to this, by the Jewish public for accumulating a great number of Bible facts. See, Jesus wasn't good enough to be a rabbi then. Did you know that? He wasn't a literal rabbi in the Jewish faith. He was a rabbi of something totally different, okay? And they were saying to him here that you are a rabbi because what you really, really know, you know about something far greater than all of the Jewish law. You know about something called the kingdom of God. He was recognized because of his intimate knowledge of that kingdom. He was recognized for the intimate knowledge of the human heart. He was recognized as rabbi. He said, out of all of these 613 laws that you've been challenged to live by all of your life, I'm going to revolutionize your thinking here in just one moment. He says, listen here, a new command I give you. One law is this, and you remember this, I've shared it a lot lately. Love one another. Love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Can I educate you on something? As I've been educated reading the scripture and hearing the Lord's heart, listening to this gospel. Listen, I I like to work. Anybody like to work? I identify myself by what I do. But it's not. It's how I love. Because Jesus said, listen, all these people walking around in their beautiful robes and all this and all that, it doesn't mean anything if they don't have love. Let me educate you on something. To love me and to love them is the most important thing you can ever do. To love one another is more important. If you love somebody, do you have more grace for them? You know, if you have kids, anybody have kids? You know what I'm talking about here? Aiden, the other day, dropped a glass right out of the out of the cabinet. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Parents, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. What did I do? What would I used to do? I, I would be like, what happened? What's going on? You know, I was that dad. You know, it's like, wow, you just made a situation out of something that wasn't a situation. Just started cleaning it up. Did he throw the glass on the ground? You know, no. Was he trying to? No. See, the love that I have provides grace for things that aren't really that big of a deal. And so many things we make major, major deals between us and others. And if we just loved them and loved them well, it would start a cycle, that one that we tried with the Lord earlier, with people as well. Love them, they love you. Love them, love you. You see what I'm saying? What are you looking for to be educated by the love of Christ? We are looking for Jesus to teach his way of love. Third thing, what are you looking for? For someone who can save you. You see this in verse 40. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means the Christ. Andrew was a fisherman. 
And he was the guy that was to be known as a fisher of men, brother of Simon Peter. It's funny that you don't hear a lot about Andrew, do you? Who do you hear a lot about? Peter. You don't hear a lot about Andrew, but he's one of the guys in Scripture that's so important because the first thing he did when he understood the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ is he told someone. And a lot of times we minimize our impact in this world, don't we? A lot of us want to be like Simon Peter. We want to be like cornerstone kind of guy. We want to build the church in our minds. That's not what he was talking about. He was talking about building the kingdom, okay? We want to be, ah. Oh. But the Lord's like, be like Andrew. Because you never know the impact you'll have on somebody's life when you share the saving knowledge that you received. He was the guy that found the Messiah, and his desire was to bring as many people to him as possible. We all need salvation. What are you looking for? To be saved. To be saved. One of my favorite things in life, I know this sounds kind of weird, is sometimes when I get sick. Does that sound weird? Anybody? You're like, yeah, you're weird, bro. Because I know what it feels like to be better. When you don't feel well, you understand wellness in a whole new way. And a lot of times we don't like to feel separation from God, that we don't, you know, feel like that there is a separation, that we don't have that relationship. But sometimes we need to feel this so we can understand the joy of salvation that much more. Remember the darkness. I'm saying past tense. Remember the pain because it makes you not want to go back, but it also makes you want to share him with others too. What are you looking for? What are you looking for for someone who you can follow? The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip, and he said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. See, something that's really uh, unique about Philip was he, he was a big question guy too. And I think it's funny that Jesus didn't say, follow me? Did you notice that? No question mark. It wasn't like, so, Philip, if you're not busy, you want to maybe follow me? It was like, hey, Philip, doing something new here. Recruiting some guys for the team. You want to get on? You want to play? He says, follow me. Follow me. It was direct. It was something he was saying, listen, follow me. Did Philip have it all figured out? No, because you see when the feeding of the 5,000 came up, he's like, how in the world are we going to do this? Jesus, you done fell off your holy rocker. You are cray, cray, Okay. Loaves and fishes, you better get like a whole fish industry up in this joint, Jesus. Then people are hungry. They're getting mad. That little boy didn't bring enough. This is crazy. He said, follow me. Follow me. He was obedient. Andrew was obedient to follow Jesus. And I think it's really important that we see how um, the relationship should look by where Jesus went. And it was the trust that he had as he followed Jesus. So where did Jesus go? He went to the sick. He went to the poor. He went to the religious. He went to the political, didn't he? He went to his friends. Most importantly, listen to me, it's building up. He went to the cross. He went and conquered death, hell, and the grave. He went to a place called resurrection, okay, so that we could experience eternity with him forever. Andrew followed him. That's a mandate. It's not a question. We are to follow Christ wherever he goes. Again, Steve Jobs couldn't tell you this. 
But if Jesus was running Apple, he'd tell you what you want to follow. All right? So last thing is this. Our worship team's going to come up this morning. When we ask, what are you looking for? We talked about this earlier about someone who really loves us, but I think this is a great way to end, someone who really knows you. Remember this, Nathaniel? Nazareth! You know about Nazareth? That's like, call Pepper. Call Pepper, Virginia? Is that even a place? They don't even spell it right. Not enough P's in there. Anybody know how it's, it's actually, it looks like it's misspelled, okay? You can't, come on. It was funny last night at the wedding. I was talking with my speech teacher from Valley Forge Christian College, then, now university. She says, what's funny, uh, I remember you in speech class. I forgot she was my speech teacher. I felt terrible. Uh, I forgot she did speech. I don't remember. I, I didn't speak to her about it. Speech. <laughs> she said, you were so funny. You were so funny. You, uh, she told me, she said, I didn't know how you were going to make it. I, I, don't, I don't know. <clears throat> Kara heard something different, but that's what I really heard. <laughs> you just get up there. You were honest. You'd be like, Mr. Speedo, I didn't prepare well today. I'm just going to wing it. And I'd get up there, and I'd be like, all right, we got a speech today. You guys ready? And I'd just go for it. This lady knew me. And we look at Nathaniel, right? We look at him saying, Nazareth? But then we read further, and we see This dialogue happened when Jesus saw Nathanael approach and he said to him, Here is truly an Israelite whom there is no deceit. This is a man that knows the law, lives by the law. He is someone that is trying to do what is right. And here's Nathanael. How do you know me? Bro, listen here. I've heard what you're doing and stuff, but you don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know what's going on here. You don't know what's going on here. And then all of a sudden, Jesus starts dropping stuff on him. And I love this. Jesus answered, I saw you. While you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you, he's like, bum, 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 kind of thing in his mind. You saw me under the fig tree? This was the place that the religious folk would talk. It's the place they would go to converse. And he says, listen, not only did I see you under the tree, but I saw that you were a good Israelite. I saw that you, you love the law. I saw what you're doing here. But here's the thing. I really know you. I don't know you for who you are now, but I know you what you're going to do with this church thing when I'm building, and I know who you're going to become in the process. And you think you've seen amazing things now? Wait, you're going to see even greater things. I know you. We need someone that really knows us. Yeah, we need the love, but we really need someone that knows us. You know what I'm saying? Because the people that know you will be the ones later that can celebrate with you. People that knew me growing up, even in speech class, would be like, what are you, pastoring? (laughs) Really? Kind of thing. Didn't we used to party together? No, that's not me. You don't know me. You don't know me. What are we looking for? We're looking to be known by Jesus. As soon as Nathaniel understood that Jesus knew him, he's like, okay, you are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. You are everything that we've prayed for. Rabbi, I will come up under your teaching. I believe. I believe. He knew him. And we need to be known by him. 
So this morning as we conclude, we're going to take a moment and I'm going to ask you these questions again. So do me a favor and close your eyes with me. And as we ask the overall question, what are you looking for? We hear these statements again that we're looking to be loved by Christ. We're looking for Jesus to teach us his way of love. We're looking for Christ to save us. We're looking to follow in his steps. We're looking to know and to be known by Jesus. So when you ask yourself, what am I really looking for today? What do I need today? What what has his spirit convicted me of and, and challenged me to today? Jesus, we're looking for you. I feel that we've found you in a new way today. We're looking to you and we, and we look into your eyes and we're overwhelmed by the compassion that we see. It feels as though we look deep into the recesses of your soul and we see our, our, our own sin, we see our own pain, we see all of that in you that you carried for us and we see the love that you have for us, how great that love is. you carried it to a cross you carried that pain but more importantly you carried that love to the cross and you stayed there even while you were wondering in your mind why you even felt forsaken in that moment you carried it and you were crucified for it and it wasn't that Roman form of punishment that was the big deal Mm mm-mm It was that you came back. You came back. And a lot of us right now need to experience a resurrection of life, if you will. We've looked for the wrong things. We've followed the wrong people, the wrong stuff. We've tried to find love in the wrong ways. We've missed the mark. We've missed you. Jesus We see you today, and we need you. So for in order for us to follow you, we turn from our current life. We say, God, forgive me of that sin that had me separated from you, and then we leave it behind, and we do a 180, and we we repent. We turn, and we begin to follow you. We believe, Jesus, in what you did more importantly, how you came back for us. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for this day, Lord. This day when we were asked the question, what are you looking for? What do you want? And we see, Jesus, that you made yourself the answer. We thank you for that. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.